have you ever thought about owning your own business? How about growing your own business? Are you uncertain of how to track your progress and turn your long-term vision into a lucrative reality? If so, you are not alone. And what about the idea of balancing motherhood with partners and work and animals, etc.? If so, you are in for a treat today. Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn. I dropped out of school at the age of 17, got my GED, and still managed to build multiple businesses and a beauty line from the ground up. Beauty Aside, each week we'll be talking with entrepreneurs and learning what it takes to achieve balance and what it really means to follow your dreams. My next guest is a savvy business owner and mother of two. She's extremely passionate about health and wellness, which is one of the reasons I love her and her company so much. It's called Be Well Body Works. It's located in Longmont, Colorado. They offer a true healing experience. And when I tell you healing experience, it is really like none other that I've experienced before. It's designed to promote stress relief and ease physical pain. They use a really unique technique. I'm sure I'm slaughtering the word ashiwatsu. Ah, and I'm so happy she's decided to join us here today because we're going to learn so much from her. Her name is Kelly Hander and I'm going to jump right in and we're going to hear how she got started. Yeah. So when I started practicing, so I'm entering my, let's see, um, 17th year of doing massage and I was starting my practice and I was maybe a year out of school and I met a lady. So my mom was also a massage therapist. Um, and we met a lady that, um, was doing this technique. Her name was Ruthie and she was out of Denver. And I remember thinking like, there's no way you can give a good massage with your feet. You know, I'm just out of school and I know everything. And, I know I've been trying out all my modalities and I went and received a massage and it blew my mind. It was the best massage I've ever had. Um, the depth that you can get without the pinpoint pressure of like an elbow or a thumb was exactly what my body needed at that time. Um, as well as adding longevity to the career. Um, so I went and took a training and luckily the lady that kind of developed the technique, they said her name's Ruthie and she's out of Denver. And I was able to go down to a little studio in her house and take the training. And I've never looked back. Now it is all I do exclusively when I do body work. So um, is this something that anybody else that you're um, at your uh, place offers or is this yeah. only something that you can do? No. Um, at our studio now, we yeah. do have uh, actually three therapists that have been trained in it, but only one that is practicing. Um, oh. The path of Ashiatsu Oriental Bar, Bar Therapy has really grown in the last 16 years from Ruthie just teaching out of her studio at her house. Um, they have really gone nationwide. They have nationwide training facilities now, and they've incorporated into some schools. So there is a school here in Longmont that actually teaches their therapist or gives them like a two-day ashiatsu training to add to their skills. 
um, wow. it's up to the therapist if they want to practice it or not, but they are given that in their schooling. Well, I could ask you a million different questions about that, but I definitely want to, I definitely want to get through some uh, other topics today. So we're going to, um, we're going to move on to self-care because I remember when you started, when we started having a relationship, I, you started massaging me every once in a while. Um, you would ask me questions, which I always think is such a great uh, sign of a therapist is when they're asking a lot of questions instead of just like just talking. And you said, well, I was expressing how I was really stressed out. I, can't, I don't even remember what I was saying, but I was having some pain. And you said, well, what do you do to get rid of it? And I, I remember standing there thinking, I don't know, this massage? I don't know. I don't get massages that often, but it really made me think and it resonated with me uh, because I feel like a lot of people do suffer from ailments and, you know, just like exhaustion, the list goes on and they have all of this energy and they really don't know maybe they don't do anything with it so it's just sitting inside of them and so anytime I've ever been feeling a certain way it doesn't feel good I'm always like well how can I get rid of this energy and honestly that was thanks to you just asking me the question so how important do you think self-care really is I think it is the absolute most important thing as now a business owner and a mom and a wife and a sister and just my how I function and how I present myself in this world. You've heard it a thousand times. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. And so what would you excuse me, but what I don't mean to interrupt, but what would you say, because this is something where we hear again and again, what would you say to those moms out there that just say that they don't have time for it? Because I hear it a lot and I believe them. You you have a one year old. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anybody knows about being short on time or having a million things to do with you. So, what would you say to the mothers out there that are feeling like they don't have time for it? I would say, find out what would be most important to you, and start with five minutes. Either five minutes meditation, um, five minutes of yoga and stretching, or just five minutes of deep breathing start to just bring your focus back to yourself and your body. And once you, you know, five minutes, sometimes I sit with my baby on the floor and we'll stretch together, which is great, but it's not as focused on me as I need. But if I, that's the only five minutes I have that day. That's, that's what I do. And that's really, really good advice. I, I actually wouldn't have thought of that just now to incorporate the baby. If that's all you have, that's all the time you have to incorporate the child into the experience. Yeah, she, she can sit and play and we can stretch and you can do some things with her. But as she's getting bigger, it is getting more difficult. So you just have to find new ways. I also think that having a really good schedule is really important and a good routine. Now I'm not a drill sergeant, like it's 9am we're doing this, but 
we definitely have a really good routine and I've established times that I know that I am available and communicating to my partner, Zach, about my needs as well. I'm, I'm really feeling stressed this week. I need an afternoon. So last week, he said, here, let me take the baby. You go down to your favorite coffee shop, bring your book, come home in a couple hours. And that was huge. I really needed that at that moment. And I asked for help. And he was able to give it to me. I think you actually touched on something that is so, um, oh, it's just so important. Um, I've heard other people talk about this in podcasts. I don't personally have children. I have animals that are like my children. But I've heard people struggle with asking for help. And you just said, I asked for help. And I got it. How hard is it for you to ask for help? (laughs) It's one of the hardest things that I do. And I'm working on it every day to recognize that I'm not alone in many different ways. Um, And I, it's a struggle, but I work on it every day. Because I feel guilty. I feel guilty when I need someone's extra help. And I I have to shift that thinking. So it's it's a work in progress, but I'm working at it. The mom guilt, right? Yes. The mom guilt. Yeah. Moms do everything. Moms are seriously amazing. Um, Yeah. Hands down to all moms out there. I, I, I do. I just, have my businesses and my work and sometimes that feels so overwhelming I mean insert a actual child that depends on me every minute of every day and I really don't know how I would do that so that's why I love talking to business owners and new moms um, such as yourself and by the way you're not a new new mom you do have um, an older child so this is your second child You've, you've done it before but this time you're doing it uh, you know, with a different type of business model, a different set of responsibilities, not that any time is easy, um, but, you know, you had, you know, this, you had this business model of, and, and kind of going to like talk about kind of two things at once here, because you transitioned from having a solo practice, meaning you were the only one responsible for doing the services to having um, you know, a full um, business model with employees and things like that, and you know, insert new baby. Um, how did how was it different this time? Having you know people that were you know that rely on you all day long to that you that have questions all day long. You know, employees that are excuse me, uh, clients that maybe you know, need you all day long? Like, what was the experience this time? How did it differ from the last time when you had a baby and maybe you were just starting your business as a solo practitioner versus, you know, being a new mom and having this huge business model? Yeah, there's there's a lot to that. Um, so with my first, I went to massage school when she was about eight months and I started practicing somewhere when she was around one. 
So I was able to have her and have those initial few months with her without being at school or working. And then I did have some grandparents that helped me a lot that were a big, a big part of helping me get through, which was huge. I was also a very young mom. I think you, you remember I had her when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So the, just the whole dynamic was really about survival <laughs> of just, just making a choice that this is what I'm going to do and doing it. And then coming into this second experience now with my second baby, Ophelia, um, I've really shifted my perspective First, with it's okay to allow me to take some time with the baby. And within that, I have an incredible staff that understood that. So I was able to communicate with them. I am going to be not as involved. I'm always available, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, People can reach out to me and I will respond. So my phone is never off. But they allowed me to have that with me communicating to them that this is what I needed. And people stepped up in incredible ways to help. That's also not to say that I wasn't in the office when she was two days old and I had to run out to go take care of something. It wasn't what I expected, but it's what I had to do. Um, Again, you do what you have to do and it's all just a choice. But it's been a beautiful experience this time around, just having more support and time with the baby and being able to um, work with her and bring her, you know, I bring her into the office and do things. And um, I just have a good support network now that I, I rely on. How do you bring a baby into, I'm sorry, bring a baby into office and work? Because if, if I just babysit for one day, I feel like I'm, oh, I have to stare at the child the entire time. Maybe it's a fallacy, but I feel like I can't do anything unless the baby is literally sleeping. If the baby okay. sleeps for 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, I can go and check my emails. I can do this or that. But if the baby's awake, I always feel like, like I have to be looking at you, engaging with you, whatever it is. And maybe, again, maybe that's a fallacy, but how does anyone work, literally focus on work with a baby next to them? So first you have to choose what your goals are. Obviously you can't dive into something that needs, um, you, you, you choose what I'm, what I'm working on. Let me rephrase that. So when she's little, I had a wrap. I had a Solly wrap that I was in love with. And, you know, you pull them out, you feed them, you diaper them, and you pop them back in. And it was beautiful. (laughs) When she was about four to five months and they start spending more awake time, um, I do have a nice little setup. I have some mats rolled out and some toys, and I've made my office a safe environment for her. But I'm also allow her to play and explore. So if she's really interested and intrigued in something, she can sit and play and look at a book. And I'm two feet away from her, but when she's needing me, then I'm there to help her. Um, We don't get as much accomplished with 
<laughs> days that she's not with me. I'll give you that, but um, I still do get things done. And I have shifted to working from home a couple days a week as well so that she can just be in her environment. And it's a safe environment for her to explore and play. You're honestly like superwoman to me. I don't need, like, you're like my therapist, you're superwoman, you have all of these other titles that I give you. <laughs> you're, you're a but I think I'm, you're amazing. Ah, you're sweet, but you're superwoman. So um, I'm going to uh, shift over to networking right now because I think that's such an important thing for uh, a topic that business owners are always curious about. Some of them are involved more than other. You know, you have these uh, extroverted personalities that love to get out and mingle and eat. Hell, I see these people at networking events, and I'm like, do they even have a business? Like, there's some people that just love to go out and just kind of, like, mingle slash network. Um, and then there's people like me who are introverted, and I really struggle with it. So when I met you, I was so over-the-top impressed because I wouldn't consider you. You're going to – you can speak for yourself, but I'm just looking, you know, from from outside. I would not – consider you to necessarily be one or the other I definitely you know you're not the type of person that that I ever hear talk about you know needing to go out to get energy from other people and that kind of thing but yet you were so super disciplined with networking I remember you would always inviting me you would always invite me to these networking events and one morning it was like 7 a.m and you were like oh I'll take us to this networking event and it was snowing and then I remember us like you know like stomping through the snow to get to this coffee shop and to meet these few women and I'm just thinking <laughs> as I'm like stomping through the snow at 7 a.m. I'm like man like sensory she does this all the time like I'm only doing this this morning <laughs> because I'm going to feel like a piece of crap if I don't go. <laughs> I'm going to feel super judged, but she does this all the time. And I feel like that was one of the ways, and again, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that was one of the ways that helped you build your business, being super, so super um, just really into the community, like injecting yourself into the community uh, how important would you say networking is and what have you learned from your experiences thus far? Wow. Okay. Um, I Networking is important. I think it's very important to meet people in our community and to become involved in your community. With that, I think that you have to be very selective about where you choose to spend your time and with what people. And 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was networking all kinds. I was going to the chamber events and I was facilitating a women's group, a coffee. And I was, I had all these commitments and meeting lots of different people. And I asked myself one day, like, what is, I'm spending a lot of energy doing this. And I really had to ask myself why and what I was looking for what my goals were, and if I was really meeting the people that I wanted to be meeting. 
And that's when things started to shift. I took a little break from everything that I was doing. And I started to look for events that were more centered with my goals, um, health and wellness events, other business owners, other people that are doing what I'm doing. And I wanted to put myself in groups with them. So I still do attend networking events. Sometimes they're more about education behind it, but I, I network with just a different group of people that fuel me and can bring great perspective to the business. They're doing what I'm doing or they're kind of my, where I want to be. Um, I'm set next to a lady at a networking event and I was like, wow, she is doing what I want to be doing. She is living the life that I want. And I called her and I said, will you talk to me? And we are now in kind of a mentor coaching relationship that we talk every month. And it has been the most powerful influence for me these last few years. And I met her from networking. That is beautiful because I, I've heard for so long, you know, people say, find a mentor, it's not find a mentor. And then one time I was listening to Rachel Hollis, a podcast, and she said that she was sick of people saying, go find a mentor. This doesn't happen like that. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because it's just so stressful. You don't just find a mentor. Like, you don't just, they don't just come fall out of the clouds. Or even if you do just meet someone, um, it doesn't mean that they're going to be want to be your mentor. You can, you know, I tried to force myself on someone one time to be my mentor. <laughs> like, it didn't work out very well. <laughs> I was like, I was like, became a stalker. But anyways, I'm joking, kind of. But um, I just think that is such great advice that, you know, you go, that this is a way that you can organically, you know, uh, find people uh, that can provide you with, you know, knowledge and resources, and you explain that so beautifully. Um, and then, you know, look, you had literally a mentor that bloomed out of it, which is just the ultimate. Yeah, and she she's really impacted my life in huge ways. And I still continue to attend networking events. Now I'm driving a little bit farther, so may not be directly in my community but it is with people that I want to know more about. It's with the right type of people um, that I can have conversations with that are doing what I'm doing. And that so was... Would you say it's quality over quantity? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> quality over quantity for everyone that's listening. Don't, don't, don't uh, you know, run yourself too thin with going to all of these networks or networking events uh don't go uh like trudging through the snow if it's really not <laughs> 7 a.m in the morning <laughs> it's not really I'm joking. I'm joking. but i think that is such great advice such great advice um and you live and you learn and that's why i'm so happy to talk with you today because you literally have 20 years of experience um and you're running a very successful business right now um which is something else that i would like to talk with you 
for a second about, because like I said, when I met you, you were a solar practitioner. Now you have, um, you have a full staff under you, a growing business uh, located in Longmont, Colorado. And, you know, what was, have you ever second guessed your decision to have your own business? Because I think a lot of people go through a lot of these struggles and share commonalities with uh, that. How do you get through, if so, how do you get through those hard times and in those days where you might feel like giving up if you even have those days? Yeah, we've all, I'll have times where you think that like what, and I have to remind myself, what is this for? And reminding myself of my big vision, my 10-year vision, and then bringing it back to my five-year vision and just reassessing where I'm at and then looking at the growth and the positive things that I have done is what keeps me on track and focus on what I'm providing and really where I want to go and where I have gone and just how I have been able to reach the goals and milestones that I've set for myself. It, there are days that it's easier to just not want to do anything, but keep, keep the big vision in your mind. Um, I think, I think you hit it on the head when you said, I, I, I feel like we're on to something here with the, the message for people about, you know, and the, the why, why you're doing it. When you, the days that you feel like giving up or feel like discouraged or whatever it is, when I say give up, I don't mean that as business owners are going to literally throw in the towel. Like, that's it today. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's just a feeling. It's a feeling. Sometimes it's like you just have to go through those feelings. You can't escape those feelings and you will, it's inevitable. You will have them. Even if you're on the highest of highs, doesn't matter what level of business you're at, you're going to have those days, but it's just important, um, like you said, to focus on like why you're doing it, because I think that will always bring you back to center and also keep you motivated through those really hard times. Just for a second, talking a little bit more about business, what would you say if you had to tell someone, just, if you had to tell me, what do you think the number one mistake people make in business is? How do you see it from your business perspective? Just, you know, everything that you're doing as business owners, you implement different things and you try it, but track it, see if it's effective. And if it's not, change it and always be willing to learn something more and change something and try something new. I think that people that are really stuck in their ways or not willing to try new things or look at things from a different perspective are not going to grow and really create something that could be awesome. It could go it could go from really good to really great. So being able to to learn and shift and change. Extremely valuable information for those listening. That is like that's the ultimate right there advice if something is yeah first of all track tracking exactly what you said tracking your progress because why would you want to keep doing something that's not working right yes exactly so that's like that's a very important advice for anyone that's out, out there listening you're going to 
like throw spaghetti on the wall, basically a bunch of times and you're going to see what sticks, but if you don't know what sticks, you're going to be in trouble. And also, you know, not getting in that rut of um, doing something over and over again that's not yielding results or the results that you need, right? So what would you say is a healthy amount of time to gauge something? Because I also know there might be some people out there that are thinking, yes, that's true, but, you know, does that mean I try it for three months? Uh, Does that mean I try it for six months? Uh, three years like what is that what is that how how long how long do you really like let things um uh go before you like throw in the towel and say you know what that didn't work I'm not doing that anymore or is there even such a thing to measure things by like that besides literal analytics that are on the computer so I spend the beginning of each year as I'm wrapping up in December so kind of in the beginning of January, you know, you kind of start to think about things in December. That's been a time for me to go and to look at the new year and to say, okay, what is, what's been effective this last year? What has really worked well for me? What's worked well for my staff? Where have we seen our biggest successes? And I go through the tracking. Um, I have a notebook that each month I have notes from each month and I can kind of see what we did through each month and I can say, gosh, I spent a lot of energy like June, July, August on this project and where is this project at? You know, how effective was it? And then I take those like top three things that I we've done really well and I just make them bigger, make them more a part of my every day moving the next year and I take those three bottom things or two or three or whatever it is. And I say, okay, I'm going to put those aside. They're not getting my energy and my attention anymore. And I'm going to focus on what's really working. It's very difficult because you can go, Oh wait, these, these worked a little bit and they're not completely bad ideas. And it's hard because every idea you've put so much time and energy and love into. But for me, it's choosing which ones are working and working well, and then continuing to feed those so that they can grow. That is such a powerful advice, I think, um, because I think that's hard for a lot of people to let certain things go, especially when we become what emotionally attached to things. You know what I mean? Um, I realize you may be talking about different things that you're like, maybe you might be talking about, Oh, I was networking here and it didn't work. So I'm letting it go. But I, you know, I think people are going to relate to that um, on different levels. Uh, There may be things that they're emotionally attached to for whatever reason, and they're just not working. And so, you know, at the end of the year, I think that's great advice at the time to reflect on what's working and what isn't. Um, at the end of the day, we have these uh, these beautiful services and gifts to give to people, but, you know, those things also have to put food on the table for our families. So if they're not generating any type of income, then, um, you know, then you have to step back and ask yourself what you're working for. So 
that's just I I just think that that's even a beautiful uh, a beautiful maybe message to stop on for today. But I literally could ask you a thousand more questions because you have such a wealth of knowledge. I hope that you'll allow us to have a part two in the future with Kelly uh, so that we can delve in more um, and learn more about you. But um, thank you so much for joining me here today. And, um, and yeah, I just, I, I just can't thank you enough. Well, thank you for having me. Love you, Kelly. I love you too. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.